0: Yeah, I'm recording. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, what's up, man? You sure you're recording? What's up? What's up? How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. I'm better now than I was, you know, a couple of days ago, but yeah. Or a day ago, however you want to put <laughs> it. A day ago. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's the day after a race, so didn't go your way, but I mean, the on track didn't go your way, I guess. It was very frustrating.
0: Yeah. On, on track was, was bad, but the... For me but the total whole experience of you know what we've done was astronomically awesome <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was pretty cool like sitting there uh drinking beers and sitting back i guess like looking at our achievements right maybe maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves but it's like dude we wanted this and we're sitting here it happened
0: we we did it <laughs> Yeah. It was so cool. You know, it was kinda of like a I guess we can go ahead and give a shout out to everybody who came out to a hundred and third this weekend mm-hmm. or last weekend, I should say, on um on the race we had. So we did like a a kind of a opening to everybody who listens to our podcast that the hundred and third go kart track, also known as the North Florida Car Club, uh had a 206 CIK class only, and we had 13 cards, which was the largest field because most of us went ahead and double dipped to contribute to the North Florida Car Club. Though so they mm-hmm. gave us the option that we can run the uh, CIK class as well as the uh, Gold Cup or Full Nose class, however you want to put it. And a lot of us, you know, ran both classes so we had the opportunity to do it. So, yeah, that was like really cool, and it was a great turnout. And you know, it really supported the club. And I couldn't thank everybody enough who came up. You know, we had some people from Bushnell. Uh, we had people from Ocala come that you know usually doesn't run with us here at the North Florida Car Club, uh, just because the Gold Cup bodywork at our track is, you know, more dominant. But now that we have yeah. a CIK class, yeah, it was awesome, man. It was it was cool. It was it was good to see that, you know, maybe our podcast is getting out to people. It, you know we do a lot of work on trying to do this. And, you know, it's not like, you know, we don't try, we just talk, you know, like we actually reach out to people and try to get with as many people as we can to make this happen. And it was just really cool to see know how hard we work to, you know, come to fruition. Absolutely, brother. I mean, thank you,
1: everybody who showed up. Um, and we mean it. As time passes, we also hope to get to Bushnell, for example, because, you know, they showed up, right? We, we put on an open call and they showed up. So we got to get a couple of guys. I think the schedules are all packed for the month of March, but for sure in April, we got to find a way to squeeze the squad over to Bushnell. And that's what we want to do. We want to support all the clubs that we can. So thanks once again, big time, um, to everyone who showed up.
0: Yeah, and on top of that, not only are we trying to help you know, make numbers for your club, but our club is owned by the city of Jacksonville. So anytime they want to snap their fingers and say, you know what? We just want to shut you guys down because we don't have the public funding or whatever it is or the politics behind it the club can get shut down it's not a properly owned track it's not you know like we have people who own the track who you know can pay off of things it's whatever the public can do to bring in the money to support the track that's been around you know for 40 plus years but that doesn't mean anything right so um having that support of you know, the people who aren't used to racing cars and, you know, just got into cars that we've reached out to and now all of a sudden racing two different classes because we had the opportunity to do it, you know, which was, you know, an extra three $400 that went to the club, you know, over the weekend. I mean, that little bit goes a long way. And uh, that was awesome, man. I, I'm just glad that people, you know, like the show and listen to us. And, you know, that was cool. I mean, from bottom of my heart, guys, I couldn't thank everybody enough for that. So I was, yeah.
1: I feel like the first five minutes of the show is is on shout out. So while we're at it,
0: like, yeah, they're like ha- I, a humble <laughs> pod, like I am full, like I am full, you know, two hands into it because you know that doesn't happen in in any kind of sports, you know, but um, but yeah, you know, that's just, it's it's cool. We have people from. Georgia come down, um, you know. People from you know Ocala, Bushnell come, you know, come up. So we we reached out to some people from down in Homestead that you know agreed to come up. But you know, the SSKC has their thing going on, and people wanted to test you for that because it's going to be running for our nationals. So I don't blame them. Yeah, we got some,
1: and that's all we want, right? It's an open invitation. It'll never, it'll never close. But while we're on the subject of shout out there are two shout-outs that I want to give. The first one is actually to Kale's Miss Kelly Smith, or as as I should start referring to, uh, the lady who just got out of the Witness Protection Program. There's a backstory there. Um, for helping out as hash brown babysitter you know that was cool <laughs> okay. yes. babysitters always get a shout out on the podcast 100 so, uh, appreciate it french fries eliminate i know right i mean it is a carding dad's podcast it's always about dadding it somehow and you know sometimes dads need babysitters so carols thank you so much <laughs> so wrong um and then the second shout out actually goes to to the club North Florida Kart Club and to to Jim Hendry. You and I were having an internal conversation all of last week. Um, one of the issues that we were facing with the city of Jacksonville was our bathroom situation, and Jim was able to to use his bargaining power and politics and and leverage to get the city to provide us, you know, porta potties for the for the event, something that they weren't paying for or covering in times past, and so. Uh, Jim, thanks for your efforts and getting that done. And, and Kelly, as always, you know, you rock, um, appreciate, appreciate everything
0: you did for us this weekend. Yeah, no, I will, um, I have to pancake on top of that because, uh, Jim was the first person I contacted with, with the idea of doing the CIK program, even though we had it on our website, but nobody ever like pushed it. So, for Jim to be open-minded and talk to his son, Rob, who's the president of our club, to say, hey, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. And, you know, all we needed was five people to have our own race, and we ended up having 13. So, um, big shout-outs to them. Yeah, CIK in the uh, Jacksonville area, which is the 103rd racetrack, is good to go. We are here to stay, and it's going to be awesome. Really, really close racing. Unless you're Corey Tolls, um, other than that, yeah, it's awesome racing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Funny thing is, like I was just watching um, some other videos. I didn't get every race session. As always, it, it's always something. Um, I was dealing with all kinds of issues. Like Kelly said, every time I would come back to my cart, I'd be messing with something, and she just, you know, she was right. So if I would stop messing with my cart and have an easy day, probably would get better. But Man, watching some of of Corey's passing. I mean, the way he just weaves through the field. And you had mentioned, like, Corey passed you on the outside of the backstretch. He didn't just pass you, brother. He passed three carts in line around the outside. His left wheel on the white line on the edge of the track. And just, like, zoop. Peace out, suckers. (laughs) It was awesome to watch that video. So uh,
0: Whatever. (laughs)
1: hey he was already in front of me i didn't have to deal with it <laughs> i i bet you know having him pass you like that probably sucks but yeah i
0: watched i actually recorded that session and i saw the video of it and i'm like son of a gun you know i only gave him like three quarters of a you know a cart length to get through and you have your two right sides in the grass <laughs> and you're about to go to a left-hander that's gonna be you know really fast and you squeeze it in god dang it man i hate you <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's dig into the recap, then. You know, I'll start with me, because you had a rough start to
1: the day. Surprisingly, you know, I had planned to get there, obviously, b- before 10 it's when stuff happens. I got there at 9.30, which, hash brown African time, I was super <laughs> early. Um, yes. I got set up, James showed up, Cunningham, you know, he's been trying to get into a race for the last year. You know, stuff keep coming up. You know, he's a doctor, so his schedules never really work out. But he was clear for this one. And, you know, he had messaged me. And he showed up right after and pulled alongside. I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, it's on. It's a brand-new Comet Eagle. Only has maybe 20 or 30 laps of shakedown on it. i And when to do the testing with us. You know, yeah, just that testing day a week ago. And he was full-on ready to go in the race. Ron came by and started looking around at some stuff started helping out right away and then obviously the whole squad was was just set up and comfortable so really good morning ready for obviously heat one and heat two heat came over and helped me real quick too like which is another thing because i transported my cart with old tires and before i could even look around Heath had you know stopped by and was like hey what else you got to get done and he does it all the time in a quiet way but you know i'm like dude thanks man like he knows i'm always trying to get something done i didn't get enough like opportunities to say thank you but dude thanks man like i know you're listening so big thanks for stopping by and taking that off my hands just swapped all my wheels to to you know my new tires that i was going to run and i didn't have to think about it i could focus on all the little things and finish the other things on my checklist and not you know end up leaving a wheel um, not Titan Hashtag Scott Wenz, you're the only one who does that now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, let, 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 let's let's say it back a little bit. So, uh, or hey, I was made fun of everybody for doing that, but yeah, he did at Daytona, and I think I slipped out because he didn't realize I don't think he realized yeah. like what he was talking about and that people like were actually listening to it. Yeah, John saying, remembers like, it, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, <sighs> George with a J, yeah. Shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So that's like three people on, on
1: the squad now who uh, have clear incidents where people remembered and were witnesses to losing their wheels.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jorge, uh, yeah. I'll have you on a podcast. Trust me. I, I I got you, man. Yeah, he's 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 good. Anyway.
1: Yeah, you couldn't get there early
0: on T-Ball, right? Yeah. So my son um, started T-Ball, and I think we talked about this the last episode. Uh, but yeah, my son started T-ball and, you know, I like carding, you know, it, trust me, it is probably my passion for what I do, but at the same time, it's, you know, I only have a four-year-old once, right?
1: Yeah. So
0: if he wants to play T-ball, yes, I'm going to be at every practice, I'm going to be at every game, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a local race, a Maxis race, a national race, a scoozer race, whatever it is. If I plan to do a race weekend, if I need to be there for my son, I'm going to be there. You know, that's what, that's, you know, we're carding dads, right? That's what the whole podcast yeah. is about is, you know, like we, we, we said this to so many people. It's not a show about our kids. It's a show of, you know, what, you know, a dad has to do that loves carding. So yeah, this yeah. is like the next step in the, you know, evolution of us in carding is, you know, you have two kids in swimming class and dance class coming up. And I just happen to have a son and T-Ball who, you know, their schedule says, hey, every Saturday it's either game or practice at 9 to 11 a.m. So. Exactly. I mean, and
1: and we're going to have to learn to balance that and we'll do the best we can. Um, We always say, and and our attitudes are different. Not everyone can be like us. But for us, you know, karting is, is something that, you know ends up breaking out while we're hanging out with our friends right we love the driving we love the racing but if we have to show up at one o'clock after the races have started and somebody says hey sorry too late you can't race that's fine We still have we still have our friends and we're there to hang out and we'll be there and hanging out with our friends with our kids running around and um you know if we can get into a, a final and start last with no chance of winning we'll do it if not that's fine too the karting racing that broke out was just a byproduct of being there with a great group of people and friends to hang out with. Man, I was glad to see you, though. Like, we were going out for heat one, and you were pulling up. And I was like, yes, he's here. Okay, what else you got to get done to get going? <laughs> yeah, I know you had mounted new tires, too, like me.
0: Yeah, I have to uh, give you know 100% props to my dad because uh, my wife has been sick for, for a while now. And so my dad came up and made me at the ballpark. And I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to be here for his practice from the start of the beginning. And so he showed up, you know, a little bit past the start of it. And he came up and said, like, hey, are you going to go to the track or what? I'm like, no, I'm going to watch my kid. He's like, did you go to the track or what? I'm here to, you know, help support you and help, you know, watch out for James. And I'll bring him to the track when you're done. And I'm like, dad, I'm not going to do that. And I brought my cart To the ballpark, (laughs) which is kind of funny (laughs) because I have a little Hyundai Sonata that I have uh, just a little, you know, home-built trailer that, you know, I'm sure people have seen. Um, And it looks kind of funny. I mean, it's not as funny as your Prius pulling your uh, African Ghana trailer that you have. But, yeah, uh, it's pretty dang close. <laughs> uh, mine, mine might be a Puerto Rican version of your Ghana trailer, but, you know, it's the same thing. Um, so, yeah, Dad's like, he kept on tapping me on the shoulder. He's like, are you going to go or what? You know, why Why didn't you call me here? And I'm like, Dad, I just can't leave you, you know? And on top of that, it was uh, my parents' shoot 40th-something an- wedding anniversary on top of that this weekend, and for him to just be yeah. like, you know what? Dude, go to the track. I'll meet you there. We'll figure out your car when you get there. And um, you know, that was a big that was a big shot. You know, that's a big props because it's kind of hard to have family members, you know, locally that can do that. And uh, no, that was really cool. So, uh, yeah, definitely shout out to my pops and uh, happy anniversary to them because uh, I couldn't do any of this without my parents. Shout out pops. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, I think Pops is everybody's Pops on the track. At least it's a dirty cart, no matter if it's Scott, if it's John, if it's Quincy, if it's everybody. My dad's over there polishing. He's like the the little uh, the little Spanish lady on uh, Family Guy. It's like, ooh, clean, 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 clean. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Did someone
1: call him? Who, who called him OCD in our little chat group when we're talking about the Volkswagen? Was it Jorge? It might
0: have been Jorge. Who yeah, it was like the cleanest OCD? car they've ever seen. Yeah, it was... I had a 1986 uh, Volkswagen. It was actually a GT, but um, it had a GTI version of a valve that was back in the day that had original OG Tornado Red, which is way better than the red they have today. Um, But yeah, everyone thought, it was like, oh man, where did you go get this painted at? It's like, dude, that's freaking original Volkswagen Red, but you could eat off any part of that car. It was always clean and you know dad always yelled at me when I went off track cuz I did it all the time so
1: i don't think he wants <laughs> us he would want us eaten off of it yeah, <laughs> so let's not even talk yeah, about that.
0: Yeah, it yeah we'd have, <laughs> we'd leave more mess on crumbs off food than we did on dirt so yeah
1: <laughs> anyway all right so um yeah man you showed up we were going out new tires so heat 1 was basically just dealing with the mold release and I don't know, some Maxis tires to get lucky. They they're not so bad. Mine were totally undrivable for the first three laps. It was just sliding everywhere. So that's really what that session was about. And then by lap four or five, they came in. I gave it a quick gun and yep, I was right back to where I was practicing at. I think I hit a 37-7 or something like that, right out of the gate. So I kind of knew, you know, everything was gonna be fine. Um I came back in and then um Ron stopped by and he looked at my wheel and goes, "Hey. Uh, I don't know what you did, but your right side spacing is less than your left side spacing um between the the bearing and um the bearing carrier and the hub." And I looked and I'm like, "Oh snap, yeah, it is. How the hell did that happen? I just checked it and I set it before I left." So right away, I reset it again and then I pulled the right side back to you know seven inch, I was running seven inches from last weekend because I was an old ties that had no grip, so I went wider to free it up. Um, so I went to seven inches from the bearing carrier to the hub face again, both sides, tighten everything down. And um, mind you, I couldn't even undo that that side that had um slid, I had to get a giant like crescent wrench, it's like a, an old rusted small pipe wrench, really, um, to be able to break, uh, break that um, nut loose. Um, so, you know, set it, went back out, went just a hair quicker, I think, I didn't go a whole lot quicker in practice, too. I came back in and had slid again. And he stopped by and he was checking. I'm like, hey, dude, Ron told me my thing slipped. And he was like, oh, yeah, mine did, too. So he went checking his again. And for some reason, it looks like in that configuration, if you don't have your stuff dialed in properly, the configuration you're running, the right rear is kind of tight mount or, or, you know, very likely to, to bind up. Um, and slide. So that was like really practice for me is just trying to keep my eye or my butt feeling whether or not it was sliding in. And I didn't really focus on the rest of the track. You know, even though we signed up for two, I only did one practice. So um, sign up for both two o six and um, C I K two o six, but I only practiced with C I K. So you know, practice was fine. Nothing crazy, no drama, just the uh, the hub. That's really it. So. You didn't get... Did you, did you go out for the last one? Yeah, you did, right? You stayed out and went for the double practice, right?
0: Um, I went out for the first uh 206 Gold Cup practice because I, mm-hmm. I showed up as soon as you guys were going on. And I still yeah. had to do a little bit of maintenance, not much. Uh, So I went to the 206 uh, Gold Cup class. since I registered for that. And then I went ahead and did the CIK class And then we wore two or six class gold cup, and then there was race. But yeah, um, so you came out to me and told me about that, about your hub sliding in. And I had that same issue with Ocala. And in Ocala, we have a big showcase, there's a big left hand sweeper, a really fast Mm -hmm. uh, sweeper, what they call a showcase. And, you know, Jacksonville, we had the North End Oval, which is probably about the same kind of turn, just since you don't have the banking on it, you might have mm-hmm. to use a little bit more brake, or let me take it back. A lot of bit more brake because, uh, yeah, there's, there's no braking at yeah, the showcase at Ocala
1: here. We have to break cause it's just a little, yeah. Tighter. So
0: you come out of the tree turn that they have and like, you don't have like the momentum that you do come in, you know, out of the stretch. So we have a thousand foot stretch, thousand foot straight away to what, maybe eight hundred feet or so. So you're still carrying yeah. a lot of speed and you're full throttle. Uh, if you don't know a track, I mean, this is kind of numbers that are just, you know, it makes it confusing, but there is no breaking point or reference, you know, coming from like what we do with road racing is you always have a tree you go to or a dirt patch you go to or a line on the road that you go to. You always have your breaking point. And in karting, when you run a, track that's not normally ran in that configuration it's hard to find you know a breaking point or you know you let off the gas or whatever however you want to set your car up to do it and you know in this configuration you know you and john morris um definitely had it all figured out it's like this is what we need to do lift is what we need to do break you know i'd ever ask you like what are you doing yeah we didn't talk about it we should have it's talked about it a
1: bit more. We didn't. So just because you mentioned it, and I don't want to forget it. Um, so if we run the north end oval configuration again uh, on the stretch, looking for your your turning point or your breaking point, to start you can use – we have those big trash cans that surround the pole. And funny thing is as you get closer to – on the right side, as you get closer to you know the north end oval – they alternate colors so there's a black trash can and then you go back to a light blue and a, a dark blue together so that's really like the point in time you can gauge a distance there but if you don't want to use a reference off track the grid spots on the ground right if you don't have four or five carts in front of you because once they're in front of you it's a little tougher to to look down on the ground especially if it's you know too wide on the start it's tough to use that but the grid spots on the ground um are really good reference. So for me, if I'm dialed in and all by myself, I can go all the way to grid spot number three, right? Um and, and that would be like my hard breaking point. If there are carts in front of me or something like that, you know, I'll just I just bleed off. I know to bleed off two cart lengths in front. Um sorry two grid spots earlier. So right about where fifth would be, I'll just, you know, back off and then then I go into braking that way. If they check up or do anything, um, I have that reference point. So, um, I know some people can go a little bit deeper, but my brake pedal, which is one of the things I'm actually going to talk about a little bit later, was my lesson from the re- weekend. My brake pedal is an off and on switch, same as my gas pedal, right? So, it's so just short throw. So, I know that you know I've got to hit it at that point and try and modulate it. If I had more throw in it, maybe I'd go deeper a little bit, maybe you know. So, for those who have, you know, if you have a really good good throw on your cart you may even be able to go to like great spot number one and then jam the brakes really hard and then um you know settle that cart and throw it in so that's a reference point i used that's really cool because
0: uh like my reference point was there's an oil patch like the fourth or fifth little slotted line going into the turn Mm -hmm. that yeah i I know on your video you could see it on your video that you posted up to your youtube page um that I ran over that patch every time, and I would, you know, get kind of hard on the binders right there at that. I would lift probably exactly where you're braking at. I would yeah. lift, and then I would hit the brakes as soon as they get past the grid, go over that yeah. spot, and as soon as the car turned in, I'm back on the throttle. And, right. you know, is it the right way to do it? I don't know, but... You know, you're faster than me, so maybe your weight is a little bit better than what I was. But, you know, it goes back to show you, like, we're both kind of on the same chassis. Uh yeah, 710s, I had 6 O's, which I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Um, You know, I'm heavier than you. Maybe that might make, I don't know, like, the whole tech thing is, 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 is this right? Is this wrong? It's all about the driver, right? So it's all about what do you yeah. feel comfortable doing? And I felt like I was really good. Through that North End Oval turn, which is really hard because it's a blind turn. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's a blind turn. And you know you have to really, if if North Florida Car Club didn't put out those four cones on the mm-hmm. back stretch to say, "Hey, you know, don't go past this route," <laughs> yeah, you would not see that turn because your your eyes are always focused towards you know the original turn one, which is the big bank turn, is. You know, are you going to take this flat-footed or not? And so all of a sudden you see this four cones. It's like, okay, why are these cones here? Oh, wait a minute. We're in Northampton. Okay, where are my eyes going now? And, you know, as you know, having a fixture for your eyes is very, very important for your car. If you watch several videos of people, you know, following your, uh, say, for instance, Hunter Fox. Hunter Fox has really good videos of him uh, you know, racing on multiple areas in here, and you can always see his heads are always going to you know, another corner, and if somebody else is in front of him you know, for right. instance, Corey, you can see that Corey's head is always turned way beyond the, the corner that he's doing, it's like, okay, why is that happening? Well, that is why it's happening, and if you go look at any photos from any race, you'll you'll, you'll see the same thing, like people going in the turns, you know, before they even turn to a left-hander or a right-hander, their heads are always, you know, way past where they're going. And yeah. that is why.
1: Yeah. You're supposed to, you're supposed to look way, th- you know, look through the corner and look at the next corner, right? Before you get there, just look way past and look through it. Cause you're going to go where you look. So that's all important stuff there. I mean, about trying to find a, a good reference point. And uh, I don't know, I react to my chassis. I think that's one thing I need to point out. Um, if i could make my chassis do what i really wanted it to do man i would be i'm gonna throttle so much sooner and i'd be punching that throttle so much harder but uh i have to react to the balance of, of my my chassis and so even though that's what was working it was just me you know reacting to what the chassis was giving me and on that day that's what worked um generally about that point is good but everybody has to figure out what works on their chassis. I, you know, I can't tell someone to pitch it in. I mean, Kevin, for example, when Kevin's in front of me, he takes it really wide of the north end oval and he sweeps out wide and does a late apex on it, which is which is awesome. Um, but my chassis and the way my, I don't know, my balance is set right now, if I go wide and basically try to pitch it in by tightening that initial, you know, turn in and radius, Man, I pitch my cart all the way around, yeah, so it just I, ca- I can't do a you know a sharp pivot point, so I have to basically shallow it right or flatten it out. I cannot do a, a quick weight transfer of my cart at all because my cart is you know super touchy and and you know I love it unless something unexpected happens, right if nothing unexpected happens. I know how to react to that. But once something crazy happens and I am forced to have to make a quick change of direction or something like that, then, yeah, my, my chassis is, like, completely, you know, undriveable. So, but it was really good fun. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, the cart did what I wanted it to do um, without complaints. New tires make the world of a difference because just a week earlier, I couldn't go flat through the right-hander into the mini-bowl. By gosh, it's great having a front-hand grip because I was flat through the right-hander and I was still getting back to the right-hand side and I would just set up properly for, for the mini bowl. It was great. I enjoyed it. It was yeah,
0: fun. Yeah, we actually had some uh, pretty close racing between me and you for a couple turns. Um, yeah. I got some video of it and I'm sure you do too. So, like, yeah, we raced each other really hard. We bumped and banged, but it was a little bit better than. You know, the last race we had where, you know, you definitely had zero grip, and uh, I had a lot of it, and I had a, too much of a run and kind of wiped you out. <laughs> which, yeah, I made no yeah. that it was definitely, I felt bad. But, no, we went, you know, fender to fender, you know, through a yeah, several turns. Yeah, you got hung turns.
1: Out to dry on the, on the outside of the sweeper there, right? That's how you dropped off, right? Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. Um. I have, I remember.
1: I remember this because we were side by side going into the sweeper. Yeah, and we were side by side
0: going up... into the sweeper, and you had a big push from three cards, and now kind of got singled out. Ah, which, yeah, I yeah, mean, you had the run I mean. on me. If I really wanted to, maybe I could have ran you off, but I didn't know like you're really, you know, that much there. Um, but you know, it's like dude, you, you got me. Okay, you, you, you're. I guess you would go back to the old NASA rule. If you're there, you know, close to the A pillar, then the person making the pass has control. Um, you know, you were there. And so I was like, Okay, Emmanuel's there. I understand he's a lot lighter than me. Okay, I am cool with that, but what I did not know is you had a whole freight train behind you and I'm like, Holy crap, this is bad. I was like, There goes one, there goes two, there goes three, there goes four, there goes five. Like, there's only you know how many people are here, you know? So, yeah,
1: anybody who watches my video, um, by you know, if you if you check out our YouTube channel and watch my video, my wife made a comment when I got home and I was showing her the CIK feature race. I kept giving it up every time, didn't matter if I had a run going to the mini bowl or whatever. I was like, nope, I'm giving up and tucking back in, and every time, (laughs) everywhere if i got side by side with someone i checked and there's no one behind them i would give it up and tuck in and it was john and i for most of it and i just like nope john get back here because i know as soon as the other person gets somebody behind them oh you're screwed right like it doesn't matter if you're on the optimal line whoever gets the push you know gets the run because the track switches so much right oh yeah it was Um, crazy
0: once
1: once you get past the the you know north end oval You know, obviously, you know, you come in and the track goes to the right. So it looks like the inside, you know, is the right lane. And then, no, you're left-hand for the mini bowl. So then you're pinched down, you know, and if nobody's pushing you, you're going to get bogged down because you took a really tight radius. Then you have the double right-handers. You think you're on the inside, but the sweeper is the left-hander. You know, it's like the left lane has the fast lane. I was like, nope, I'm not getting hung out to dry. I am tucking right back in every time. So I gave up a lot just to make sure I wasn't hung out to dry. Because sometimes yeah, that's I do all the same takes. thing
0: too, and yeah, it, it for me, with my motor not running the way it is, I hate to say this, but you guys, please don't like quote me over for making excuses because I'm not a person for excuses. Um, but yeah, for me, like giving up that extra momentum to not go bumper to bumper or give somebody a bump in the mini bowl at the apex of the turn like really screwed me for everything else and you know it's something i learned and then i went to um the person today who you know works on the cars for us i'm like hey man yeah i i need your help because this was just absolutely wrong everything was just not going right in the motor department and they helped me out and you know i like to go back and test but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter anymore right so What I You know, you you, you run what you brung, I guess they would say in drag racing. And what I brung just wasn't right. And it got to the point where I just didn't know. And, you know, I felt bad for my dad because my dad always wants to help out everybody. And he'll do everything he can do to help out everybody in a group. And when it came to my cart, you know, I've never seen my dad, like, so frustrated in it. He's just like, I have no idea what to do. And I'm like, Dad, I don't know either. You know, it's just like, I I, I don't know. You know, I, like the chassis is 100%, but I feel like I'm just bogging down and, you know, the turns. And could to find out my float wasn't right and my valves got loose and all kind of stuff. And I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Right? So it goes back to the 206. It's like, yeah, 206 is, you know, straight out of the box and, you know, you don't have to touch anything. But, you know, maybe you have to a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you want optimal performance, which is might be a whole, it's not might be, but it's a different whole subject for another topic or another episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like that's something that just absolutely killed me, and you know, it's very, you know, sometimes it's humble to get your your butt whooped by people who you know you're used to running with that just walk by you and tap their engines and give you peace signs and throw you French fries and popcorn while they go (laughs) by you. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened to me this weekend. And it just kind of sucked, but you know, it is what it is. It happens to every single racer who's ever raced anything before is some days you got it. Some days you don't. Exactly. And this weekend I didn't, I mean, I had the speed, but I didn't have the driving. That's all I got for this
1: weekend. Um, you know, and it wasn't just RaceCraft. The RaceCraft was fine. It was just dumb mistakes. I don't know how to summarize it properly, but it was really amazing um, races, the finals. I had, what, the second fastest lap in the CIK feature and the third fastest lap in the the 206 senior combined feature. But I didn't finish anywhere near the podium in either of them. I think I finished seventh and, like, ninth or something. Yeah, um, in, in each of those races just dumb mistakes keep my foot on my brake, uh and then panic breaking while I was already on the brake, knowing that I have a on and off switch for a break you know locking up and spinning myself out that was dumb uh didn't need to do that and then I got helped around on on the uh the CIK race uh it was a nice uh bump and run but and I got you Josh I'm coming for you um <laughs> Nah, we're good he came <laughs> so, up, he came where, where, and, where and apologized.
0: Been, let, me, let me ask you a quick question i don't mean to interrupt you but let me ask you a quick question um because this has happened to me before i'm not gonna even yes or no if it happened to me but just a <laughs> scenario so <Yeah. laughs> you're following somebody going through a serious breaking point right you mm-hmm. have your con you have your um Points of when you lift or when you break, because you never want to lift before you break. It's either you're on the break or off the brake. You're either on the gas or off the gas. Every time you give off the gas to to coast in, you know you're losing time, so forth and so on. Right.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so when you're following somebody really close, was your eyes located on the person that you were following because you didn't know what they were gonna do? So maybe made. made you know maybe kind of confuse you with your your braking and not or your acceleration points and not or was it just something you just kind of I don't want to say scatterbrained but you just it you know, was like okay let me feel safe and do this I think this is a really good question
1: yeah so it depends on on when and where it is in the race right if it's early on and I'm in a, in a pack I usually I slow you know down earlier going into for example the north end oval. If we're in a pack, if there's more than one card in front of me, if there's two or three or four, I start coasting somewhere about double my breaking distance, right? Because I'm typically in the draft anyway. I am going to get sucked up, right? So it's I usually back off early and I'm not focused on them per se. I'm just watching what they're doing. And then as I get closer and closer to breaking zone, I give them as much room as I can so that if there's any carnage, especially you go into North End Oval, somebody's always trying to force a pass and two cars are sideways. So, in that particular case or scenario, I don't focus on my braking, you know, spot per se to be perfect. I just I check up early and then I coast into my braking zone. Then I hit my marks and then I'm focused on getting a clean exit out. i don't, I'm not. I don't think that's what I do all the time, but for this particular weekend, just because I watched as you know four race videos. I noticed that's what I would do. Even if I was just one on one, sometimes like me pushing John, I would still back off just a hair before my breaking zone, just to give him room. Because in most cases, I find that I'm I'm a late breaker, and so I break later than a lot of people. So it's just habit to just check up early, don't take him with you, and then uh, let it be. But I ca- I can't say that's a fact or what you know what the correct answer is. I would need someone like. Like Corey or Sean or Matt or you know one of one of the the more seasoned guys at a hundred and third to tell me what they do without thinking,
0: and and that goes back to um, kind of the way your chassis is handling your tires your brakes, you know because everyone's brake pressure is the same you know we all have the same or I guess we don't all have the same but some of us have a, the the same M C P uh, brake configuration mm-hmm. on how sensitive your brakes can be right so when it comes to like your braking position is okay are you good to run your line and then use the person in front of you to you know give you a bumper or like hey dude you just you brake checked me you know kevin bedare to turn five i'm not saying anything <laughs> to you but yeah um <laughs> Uh, after you gave me a tap on the back of the helmet to uh, say, "Hey, draft me yeah that's fine all right um anyway <laughs> so now that I know but where you're no, going it, with
1: that question
0: um no 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 that that was the whole, that just came off the top of the that's drum. fine that was, I'll answer it that's so, not on, on that's not on that purpose but you know it it goes to the point it's like it's a race craft right so right. would you're following somebody that you know you might be fetched at in a turn? but you don't have the straight line speed. It's just like uh, having the Miata Corvette, you know, conversation that we've always had at NASA, that if a slower car is behind you in your mirror and it's all over you, they are faster. Right. Yeah. So it just goes to that point. It's like, okay, so when you're going to your braking zone and you know that you're faster than that person go into that braking zone, like how do you determine, you know, like kind of what you got? I can't answer it
1: from the driving side. I can answer it from, you know, the officiating side. I have more experience as a race director and assigning penalties for that. Hey, yeah, race race
0: director EB,
1: Emmanuel Baco, come on. From the officiating side, yeah, the the car behind it is at fault. There is no excuse of of he brake check me. Unless you have someone who has, you know, this amazing you know, prototype, right, with incredible brakes that can stop in a dime. And the car behind is a 4,000-pound IROC Camaro with a big block in it, so it can run maybe the same straight-line speed but doesn't have the same level of brakes and aerodynamics. Those may be the few times where, as a race director, you just go back and say, let me look at the data closely, right? In Formula One, they would pull, you know, Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton's data from, you know, the, the – Baku race two years ago or whatever and and say okay yeah Lewis did not brake check you, you you know you idiot like but normally the car behind it's your fault straight up like if he can get on his brakes you should be able to get on your brakes if you decide to follow too yep. closely where you can't slow down enough that's your fault right that's straight up by the book it's you the one behind you're the car attempting to pass whether or not you pulled alongside him or you stayed behind him, you are the following car, right? You are the one who is responsible for the actions you take. The car in front has the right to the line and to do whatever they want. And if they decide to brake 100 meters earlier than they should, suck it, you know? Either you evade or you get on your brakes
0: too. Um, Your call. such a great point. I I fall vacant to this because, you know, I I busted canvas chops about it. But no, this is 100% true. And I think people in car need to know exactly what you're saying. So please continue on. (laughs) <laughs> nah, no, I'm I'm done. I don't want to say anymore. If I got a good point in, I'm good. <laughs> I might go south with it. No, no. Th- th- <laughs> uh, seriously, Like this is true. Like people don't understand. Like the person who's making the pass, they're held responsible for the actions, right? Yep. And like we've continued, we've talked about this several times. Is the person who is driving in front? So if I'm if I'm in front of you or you're in front of me, whichever it is, and I feel like I have the line, and the person going to make the pass, like tries to dive bomb or whatever it is, they're held responsible for that. So when things happen and it goes bad, it always goes to the person who is leading that, oh, it's your fault. You did this. It's your fault. You did that. You right. should have known this. You should have done that. No, that's not the case. And I think people really need to understand that the person making the pass, whether you're at the, I, mean, I don't know how to put pr- you know, use the cardio, but the A pillar, B pillar, C pillar, you know, and in road racing, you have, you know, everybody encourages to have video on, you know, who's at fault, because that could cost you a lot of money, in, you know, not only in sponsorships, but in repairs. Yeah. Um, and DQs and, 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 you know, suspensions, it could cost you a lot of stuff. And I think that's something that Cardi needs to really look at. It's like, okay, you have video. It doesn't matter if it's on your helmet or not. You know, a three ounce camera on your helmet. You know, I know this. Is, you know what you brought up as a Sebastian or not a Sebastian Vettel, Schumacher. but uh, the Michael Schumacher thing. Yeah, um, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like I don't understand why it, you know, it is held to such a, a crazy thing, but. This is something that needs to be looked at in carding. It's like, okay, who is at fault? You know, who is costing somebody money? It is not only in money, and I don't mean it I guess it's a kind of loose term to use, but with, uh, you know, just placing in, you know, just placement or whether you're on a podium or not, but it could cost you side pods, it could cost you, you know, a hub, it could cost you an axle, it could cost you, you know, whatever. You know, it's just like, okay, who did the dumb thing that wasn't deserved to be there, or was it clean or not? Yeah. And I think, like, this whole thing that could be... Was it clean? Yes or no? And, you know, that that, that could eliminate so many things in carding that we've seen over the past, and, you know, we've only been in it for a year and a half or two years. Right? So...
1: Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, sometimes we should probably and this is just my opinion it's clearly different from yours in this case but for that reason right it's only 2 years of carding. Carding has been around for a long time and some of the processes have been the way they are whether they're right or wrong i mean we're coming with you know different eyes and sometimes fresh eyes are good but even you know sanctioning bodies wka for example who you know could be at a track that has video all around i mean daytona i've I've been in the tower for daytona i've worked with daytona's you know response team there are video cameras everywhere i mean from the tower i lost my transponder on the exit of the bus stop in the grass and we're able to spot it from the camera sitting in the tower we zoomed in from all the way on the outside of the track onto the grass to spot my transponder (laughs) because
0: you were in the wall well, I didn't hit the wall. <laughs> shovel, shovel, shovel. No,
1: I lost that one. Hitting a, someone hit a cone in front of me. Carmine. And actually, no, this is, this is a different story. Carmine pace, Carmine off the pace, um, knocked off a cone at the exit of the bus stop, you know, the lining with cones, and that cone flew straight into my front bumper grill, and my transponder was just zip-tied <laughs> to my bumper grill. And it knocked it, the entire bumper grill off, and then my transponder flew off as well. That's what happened that time. This was 2014. <laughs> this was before the crash. Chill out, homie. <laughs> oh no, no. It, it, no this is cool. 2014. But the point I'm trying to make is, <laughs> even with tracks where we have video, um, certain sanctioning bodies will not review that video, right? And. The reason why we care so much in road racing, whether it's at the highest level, of IMSA, or club racing, you know, it's because there is a ladder system and every entry the driver goes into is managed and tracked. Karting does not have that, right? There is no ladder system where you pay attention to where a driver started from and where they are to now. So you can't hold them accountable. The guy could be totally brand new, right? And it's here. So you can't hold them accountable to the same things. You know, they're not reading the same things um, that you're teaching the guy who went through, you know, a comp school or SCCA racing school or a skip barber school. They're not going through the same experiences. So I kind of feel like it's tough to do that. And then the other thing is we tech cars and every car has a logbook and the driver's journey is mapped. You know, every time they show up at an event, it's recorded somewhere in carding. It's not always recorded. So it may be up to the sanctioning bodies. It's never change recorded. That. Yeah, it's it's the sanctioning bodies who can change that, right? SCUSA can change that. WKA can change that. But karting as a whole, or like, you know, clubs, I don't think they can because there's just the system doesn't exist to, to retain that. So we've kind of totally yeah, gone too off many people track. Entering it yeah, we've gone totally off track from the conversation we're having. But we'll come back to this. I made a note here to come back to this, you know, the conversation you want to have again about holding people accountable and keeping track of safe and unsafe drivers. Um, you know, we have a good group of friends around us, but things happen on track. And whether or not, you know, somebody is a friend, they need to be held accountable, period. 100%. In NASA, the way our point system works, you know, you could be the guy who gets hit every time. Well, every time you're involved in any body contact where somebody hits you and there's damage, even if you are not at fault, you still get a point assigned to you where the person at fault gets three points. And the point, the reason being, if at the end of the season, you still end up racking up 10 points for being the guy who got hit 10 times, you may be the problem, right? You may be driving in an unsafe manner that results in you getting hit. And it gives me a race director, an opportunity to sit you down and say, hey, buddy, I know you're the nicest guy and you're not aggressive, but you keep getting hit every single race. Let's go back and look at what's happening, right? Maybe you're not watching your mirrors enough. Maybe your perception of I've given this guy enough room turns out to not be enough room and it's not your fault. It was his responsibility, but you keep putting yourself in those situations. So that's kind of really, really important and we can talk about that at length, but Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's cool. I mean, it's good to see, for people to understand like a race director point, you know, yeah, maybe we need to do a podcast on like an actual race director's point of, you know, what clean and smooth racing actually is. So, yeah, no, that's a little preview of, you know, there's a lot of things that goes in behind racing, not only the driver behind the wheel, but the people and, you know, uh, the workers on the... Uh, track who like flag people for things whether they do or don't but um, <laughs> <laughs> no they, it, it goes back to the fact like I put the stickers on my cart you know for you know thanks workers and people are like oh thanks workers what are you talking about um, I'm not bashing Quincy Quincy please don't get offended for this you, aren't, you weren't the only person who asked me for it or about <laughs> it but um, no like people who take time out of their day to come and help support a track, it helps support, you know, a much more than they like to do. Uh, you know, thank you. That, that's, that's, that's what that sticker for is to, you know, if someone takes a picture of the front of my car, you know, there's a sticker on it that says, you know, thank you, you know, for all corner workers, because without them, we don't have karting, without them. We don't have road racing without them. We don't have NASA without them. We don't have SCCA, you know, people you know who do this are are for free they just do it because they love the sport yeah man so we
1: kind of went off a little bit um i think we should probably wrap this one up and the dumb mistakes i made for example i really want to go through them jorge helped me figure out one thing that was important and um yeah you mentioned it just briefly but you had to Figure out your valves and and carburetor was a big deal. And I know Kaelin, for example, had had carburetor issue. And those little things, um, it can't all be in a checklist. But I think let's just go ahead and and wrap this one up. And uh, next week when we talk, let's discuss the lessons from this race. Things that were on our checklist that we didn't pay attention to. Things that are not on our checklist that we need to wonder whether or not need to be added to a checklist. Or just racing things, right? I mean, maybe it, it doesn't belong in a checklist. It just happens in racing. Motors blow up. It doesn't matter what you did. You're done. Um, yeah. So seat brakes, You know, whatever it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I 100%
1: agree with you, man. This was good. Um, we'll talk about the finish of our races and, you know, the stuff that happened. We don't have a race next week anyway, so this would be good to to kind of wrap that up. You got anything else to add before we we catch up next week?
0: Uh, no, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm good.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and um, we'll definitely get to the, the end of our races. From, you know, the local race number two, as well as some of the, the big lessons we learned. Ash Brown, I threw a chain again and again. Yeah. Dumb mistake. Crooked <laughs> um, I know, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that next week. So, have a wonderful rest of your week. And uh, thanks for listening. See you guys. Um, peace out. <laughs>